This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar, our music director, Elaine Trudell, also principal second violin and artistic administrator, Merman Sue. And we have two special guests joining us today. Here in the studio, we have the TSO horn player, Emily Price Dietz, and also by phone, we're talking with BGSU musicologist Ryan Ebright. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Brad. Thanks for having us on. Uh, you, you have a little bit of time to talk with us. We're doing a Halloween uh, show today, so let me set the tone here and bring on some music. Brad, I had no idea you played the organ. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> How did you get it in the studio? <laughs> it's a magician never tells the secrets. Mm. Okay. So this episode is airing on Halloween. It is Halloween. We have a lot of Halloween stuff to talk about. You guys already did the Spooktacular concert, by the way, so we don't really have a, 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 a concert to talk about. I would say we already set the scene. Yeah, <laughs> you did. You set the scene for us. So first off... And I'm still in costume. We're going to jump right into it. I'm just going to ignore that comment. We're going to jump right into it with a uh, Halloween movie music quiz, okay, because we have Ryan here. And Ryan, one of the things that, that you do, Ryan, is you give a presentation on scary music and why it scares us, right? That's right. Can you tell us just a little bit about that before we jump into some of this music? Sure, yeah. So so I should preface to say that, that I'm not a huge fan of, of scary movies because I don't particularly enjoy being scared. Um, but I do like I do like film music, and there are sort of two two ways in which um, in which scary music works in films. One is is it works in the way that all film music works, in that we we sort of learn through hearing it over and over again through exposure. We we recognize certain sounds as scary. So tremolos, we know that something you know suspenseful is happening. Um, but there's also this idea that is particular to horror film music, that uh, music can act directly on our bodies and sort of hit our bodies before our brains even register it. So sudden loud noises, even dissonances, uh, can serve to frighten us. Like that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a soundboard here, and I've refreshed it with some Halloween. So, uh, Ryan, for us. When, when did composers start thinking about this, though? I mean, even before the film era, I mean, we, we go back. Um, when did, I mean, do you think, think about The Witch's Sabbath? Do you think about... Right. I mean, I think Berlioz is one of the, the first people that we point to. In fact, much of what film composers are doing and, and film musicians, even during the silent film era, they're looking back to the 19th century um, for scary music. Berlioz, I think, is the first to use the DSE Ray theme in The Witch's Sabbath. Um, but then I also think of uh, even supernatural scenes in operas like uh, De Freischutz. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, those evocations of the supernatural that we see on stage in particular, that all feeds into a lot of the conventions of film music. So is this an effort to scare audiences at an earlier stage before we had the opportunity to do it in a movie? Uh, that's a good question. I, I think one thing that's a little bit different about film as opposed to uh, something like Symphony Fantastique is that in film, in horror films, a lot of times the, the movies are trying to make the viewer feel like the victim. Mm. Uh, and they're trying to, to make the viewer feel the, the terror that the victim feels. So a great example of this is the, the shower scene in Psycho. Um, which is so effective because it's preceded by silence. And the surprise of the music sort of 
it surprises us in the same way that, that Marion Crane is surprised when the shower curtain gets ripped back. Yeah, aren't you surprised that I had that ready to go? <laughs> you can hear it now? I'm not at all surprised. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to do this little movie quiz, and I'm kind of thinking that, that maybe, Ryan, you have to sit it out a little bit because you're you're – Thinking about this music right away. Maybe we should all play all. against Ryan. I will, yeah. Yeah. I will silently. Everybody judge. plays against Ryan. So if we don't get anybody in first round, then Ryan, you can tell us what it is, right? <laughs> so these are these are all little excerpts of. Uh, uh, now this it should be said these are all from movies, right? The theme song from from spooky horror movies. Is everybody here besides Ryan uh, a, a horror movie? Fan, do you watch spooky, scary movies? I totally don't. What about you, Emily? <laughs> no, I'm I'm with you, Ryan and Merwin. No, okay. no scary movies for me. I couldn't even Elaine, watch the don't... thriller video no. when I was little. So. <laughs> I had the thriller on a Viewmaster. That's how cool I was. Wow. <laughs> did you? Was it made that way, or did you create that? No, no, it was made that way. But you know, it was just the idea of three dimensions. That yeah. was such a famous. Uh, music video and they wanted it to be seen and master. observed in every way musical yeah. and otherwise did he yeah, turn into the werewolf like by oh, yeah. the final oh yeah clicking frame. through I just remember oh. it's happening <laughs> <laughs> and if only stage. you had had some scary music in the background you would have felt even I had the thriller LP it was a single well done they were like, <laughs> yeah trying to get into the, the K through 5 market there that's right oh, <laughs> with Vincent Price I remember yeah. saying hey I know that voice can't go wrong you're the only one who knows Vincent Vincent Price. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here's the first one. If you know it, just say. Isn't this a Lance walk-up music? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Friday the 13th? No, close. Uh, the other one. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. There it is. No, oh, no. Close. Oh. No, close. Ryan knows what it is, obviously. Uh, um, music original ri- Halloween. Uh, written by the director. Actually. Huh. Yeah, you're right, Merwin. Halloween? Merwin yeah. got it, got the original it, yeah. Halloween. Yeah. And you know what? I just heard a thing on NPR a couple of weeks ago with that. Uh, they're talking about the reboot of the series and how he had like six little excerpts he made on the synthesizer that made him all this money. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> if only we could all be so industrious. <laughs> Synthetic. Huh? Okay. Here's one. That, I love this one. See if you can get it. Bridges of Madison County. <laughs> This would be on my list of like scariest of all time. Yeah. Is this the Grudge? Nope. Earlier classic uh, film that has been remade, and it also had about twenty-seven sequels. The, um. Uh, no. What, do you know what it is? Uh, trying a blank. Burnt offerings. No. Lalo <laughs> 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 Schifrin is the composer. It's the Amityville Horror. Oh. oh. Okay. I just want everyone to know that Ryan didn't know that either. Yeah, I feel bad. Yeah. Okay. Now you can all judge me. Yep. <laughs> Too late. Yes, exactly. Okay. We'll, um, here's number three. Oh, yeah. Well, you okay. know what it is. Go ahead and say it. The Exorcist. The Exorcist. How do you say The Exorcist in French? Exorcist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is actually, I mean... Just say what attitude. (laughs) (laughs) a piece. I'm sure Ryan will back me up on this. This is... um, Vangelist, right? A piece that that existed first called Tubular Bells by Mike Oldfield. I think it came out around the same time Mm -hmm. as the movie. Yeah, I know. But, you know, Lalo Schifrin actually wrote the score for The Exorcist, and it tested as too scary. 
for audiences. Oh, really? hmm. And so William Friedkin, who was just cr- crazy off his rocker, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which is part of why the movie is, you know, as scary as it is, he yeah. uh, rejected the score. Does uh, the original score still exist, the Schieffrin score? I, I don't know that it does or not. I know that there was Penderecki and there was Webern mm. and mm. maybe a few other things that he used mm. in, in the score for that. But wow. uh, it'd be interesting. That sounds like some really fun research yeah. to do. Yeah. Well, as yeah. I understand it, yeah. Schifrin may have, although he denied it later, um, recycled some of it for Amityville Horror, huh. which we just heard. Mm-hmm. So that's a possibility. Okay, see if you can get this one. actually mentioned this movie earlier. Mm-hmm. It's either Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th. Could be The yeah. Grudge. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Merwin has a thing like a for The Grudge. I did. He has a grudge against it. No, that was Nightmare on Elm Street. That was Nightmare. Charles okay. Bernstein. Okay, next one. See if you can get this. Spooky. Didn't Jordan play this with the Tendu? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it starts out spooky and then it gets all like, you know, happy joy joy. Everything's fine. <laughs> this, this reminds Nothing me Nothing bad's uh, going to happen. <laughs> it's like Frankenstein giving the flower to the little girl or, you know. Ryan knows what it is. Tell, tell us what it is, Ryan. This is the Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Yeah, there's a nice sing-along moment coming up here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the little kids are all sing la la la. (laughs) Okay, see if you can get this one. And and this is, this actually has a theme in it that Ryan mentioned earlier that has been used by lots of composers. Diazire from Shining. (laughs) Really? Yep. Are you looking at my paper? It's my favorite opening of any movie. Is it just starts with with the music, black screen, and then you see this creepy little car driving around. That's amazing. Creepy. Okay. Here's the next one. This one might be hard. We've been doing so well on the other ones. Yes. Oh. Emily's face no. just just went like you saw a horror film. Yeah. Doesn't take much for me. It's a little creepy. It is. Yeah. I, I feel I like know, I've seen but this I one can't too. put my uh, What's the movie I've seen with the, movie. the girl in a well and, uh... No, not not no, the ring. It's, the ring. It's an older one. Yeah, Ryan knows what it is. Tell us what it is, Ryan. Uh, this is the Omen. Yeah. No, it's not the Omen. I had my wrong spawn of Satan movie. Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Baby. I know oh, the Omen. That's one scary movie. Good job. Yeah. See if you can get this no, one. No, Ryan got it. I was oh. re- repeating. Uh, <laughs> no, you should always take credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back and re record that. <laughs> well, this is easy. Oh, yeah. We already talked about this one, too. I think it's pronounced yeah. Pizyko. <laughs> Is it how you say it in French? Pizyko? The Pizyko adventure? <laughs> okay, good. Okay, see if you can get this one. This one might be hard. Psycho again? Almost no. the same, yeah. 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 This is the remake from 1999. This is actually <laughs> from another movie. And the composer um, admitted later that he meant it as a tribute to Bernard Herrmann. In fact, they were supposed to put it in the movie, you know, as a tribute to Bernard Herrmann, blah, blah, blah. And then they didn't put it in. And then they got sued. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he got sued, but 
It's kind of a Danny Elfman silliness yeah, about it. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever Wednesday. see a, a movie called Reanimator? No. That, no. That's what it was. No. I think it's, yeah. But it's a really cheesy cult um, horror movie. Classic. And you have the whole set. That sounds like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, the next one, speaking of cult horror movies, this is one of my favorites. And see if you can figure this out. And if you haven't seen this movie, I urge you to, to rent it, definitely. Especially if you don't like scary movies. <laughs> Elaine is like, this is my walk of music. <laughs> no? Well, it's got that real kind of, you know, 80s, Authentic 90s sound. feel to it. And, and, and you heard a little bit of the uh, March of the Gladiators yep. there with that. So that should be a clue, right? Circus. Clowns, killer clowns from oh, okay. it? outer space. Oh, killer, killer clowns, clowns from wow. outer space. Oh, killer! I can't oh, believe it. you've heard of that movie, haven't you, Ryan? Uh, oh my God. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, aside from me just mentioning it. <laughs> yeah, I heard about it two seconds ago. I can't believe it, you guys that don't know killer clowns from <laughs> outer space. I'm sure you've referenced it in another podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, and if I haven't, I will well. definitely. So let me bring up the the scary uh, heartbeat again. Here we go. Uh, Ryan, let's talk a little bit about how some of those sounds scare people. Like, you know, the, the high-pitched noises, like the psycho strings. Mm -hmm. What does that do to the nervous system? It kind of, like, makes you think of creepy crawlies. Right? Yeah. So I think – so there's – there's this. Uh, there's some research showing that dissonant sounds and the way that the um, the sound waves hit the the membranes in our ear, we actually uh, perceive it as as rough or unpleasant. Yeah. So so even before our brain registers as you know oh tone cluster, um, if if indeed it does, it uh, our our bodies respond to it as something uncomfortable. Um, and then, of course, loud sounds, loud, sudden sounds, such as when the strings come in in Psycho, um, were designed to react like that. that. Right. <laughs> you just got to be prepared. It could come up at any moment. What right? happened to Ryan? He's gone. Ryan. He's on the other side of the TV right now, <laughs> the TV screen. So loud noises, obviously loud noises are going to scare people, right? But right. What about this thing of, and, and I found this in the, in some of the excerpts that we played, like Amityville Horror and Poltergeist, mm -hmm. where they take this theme of innocence, mm -hmm. like little children, and then you're right. like, oh, it's not so innocent, it's actually evil. Is there something in the human psyche that makes us look at things like that and suspect that maybe it's really just... Why are you gesturing <laughs> towards me? <laughs> um, I could do it this way. Here, I'll gesture towards towards Emily. Not as credible. Right? <laughs> um, but but what is it what is about the like the this innocence corrupted? That's a that's a good question and and I don't have a definite answer but it's it's certainly a technique that composers like to adapt this taking this idea of of something um that is familiar to us and then twisting that or perverting it in some way. So of course um you know taking uh, a lullaby and uh, making that, uh, putting it in a minor mode, um, giving it a sort of eerie uh, instrumentation, orchestration, it makes us uncomfortable because it's 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 not what we're accustomed to. 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's there, there's something you said, Ryan, earlier, is that in, in Psycho, one of the more menacing points about it was that it was silent before the shower scene began. Mm-hmm. Um, silence can be really terrifying mm-hmm. if used yeah. right. So mm-hmm. it's like the, the anti-scary music is just no music. Yeah. But let's go back. I mean, Bach, uh, Takata and Fugue in D minor, was that meant to be eerie and terrifying? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think we've added that through the years. It's the Phantom of the Opera. I blame Mm -hmm. Phantom of the Opera. Not Andrew Lloyd Webber, but going back to, you know, Lon Chaney and all those classic, those classic monster films. What was the last thing that scared you? What was Uh, the last scary thing that happened to you? My son has learned the fun of hiding around a corner (laughs) and then jumping out. Um, This is a new thing in our house. And so just maybe four days ago, he got me really good. I let out a really uh, girly scream um, because he was just waiting around the corner. Yeah. 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 We should mention how old he is. He's almost 10. Okay. Right. He's not like 20. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Home from college. (laughs) Food. Brought the laundry. That's a horror story right there. That's right. <laughs> Merwin, what's the last thing that scared you? Uh, besides opening the gas bill. <laughs> adult I, adult uh, uh, problems. I yeah. can't really think of anything right yeah. off the top. You're not easily scared, huh? Oh, no, I'm easily scared. It's just they all blend together really easily. Yeah. It's, a ba- it's a memory issue more than a fear issue. What say you, Ryan? You have had any uh, scary experiences recently? Uh, no, not especially scary, but one movie I won't watch again is The Ring. Mm-hmm. Really? Um, yeah. What's yeah. so scary about that movie? You know, I, I think movies that, that somehow bring the act of viewing into the story, mm. uh, I, I think are remarkably effective at, at sort of putting then me as a, as a audience member, as a, someone watching it into, uh, sort of bringing me into the story. Um, so... Yeah, I don't want to don't want to watch that again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we won't make you watch it. So there's something about watching a movie though, where there's it's the thing that that catches in your little mental filter, the mm-hmm. thing that is so so similar to reality, but so frighteningly different from reality that um, you can't give it up. And the ring was filled with those. Yeah, so really like yeah. pictures of dead horses on the beach, you're like, oh, that's uh, not typical. Disturbing. That's yeah. disturbing. Yeah. And then you can't, or the, the picture of somebody looking in the mirror and no reflection looking back or the, the fly moving in a still photograph. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, yeah. Um, yeah. Or the contorted faces of those who watch the film. I mean, yeah, there were so many things that even now, just off the top of my head, I still remember these things and that kept me up for an entire night that so movie. people listening are either thinking i will never watch the ring or they're like running out and they're gonna rent it right <laughs> well, away but it's kind of fun you know like yeah. I, I love asking like i want to get really scared tonight what's the scariest movie you've seen recently and and fortunately they've come out with so many terrifying yeah. ones they've gotten really good at right these really low budget but excellent and scary movies lately well let's uh I, I asked all of you to give me an example of music that scares you, scary music, and like non, not necessarily meant to be scary, although some of it is sort of meant to be scary. And I thought it was interesting that two of you actually chose the same excerpt. Um, mm. And here it is. Tell me what it is. <laughs> Zach is nodding because it was his, but it was also yours, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Excellent choice. Ryan, tell us what this is. Uh, this is Black Angels by George Crumb. Mm. 
Yeah. And and what is that? Is that like an opera or is it a... No. So it's a string quartet, but it's an unusual string quartet for many reasons. Um, one is that the quartet is amplified, but the players are also playing using all sorts of extended playing techniques. They're also playing percussion instruments and chanting. Um, and the piece is, uh, it was composed, I think, in 1970. And uh, so it's uh, right in the middle of the Vietnam War. Um, and that is part of what Crum is trying to evoke with these sounds, is the horrors of war. Mm. And this particular excerpt that you played at the very beginning called Night of the Electric Insects. Yeah. Super evocative. Yeah. Mm. But that very makes me think it. of like the zapper out in the <laughs> back porch. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the what this should make you think of is what life would be without the zapper. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Ryan, I, I chose the same piece because I remember very clearly this first time I heard it mm. recording and it, it Kronos uh, recorded yeah. it. I love what they do. And mm. um, there was this sense of um, when you see a scary movie and there's something wrong, there's something so wrong about it and you can't even uh, process what you're looking at or a really scary dream that wakes you up and it sweat because it, it just was so wrong. And there's something kind of slack jawed and, and, and you're just watching badness happen mm -hmm. that's how i felt when i first heard this cd and I, I i couldn't turn it off i was just stuck i i was forced to listen to it. my body would not turn off the cd but all i wanted to do was stop it that's mm. so funny because as a string quartet as a as a, a violinist i was like i have got to play mm -hmm. some of this yeah i i yeah. it's it's a dream of mine to be able to play this piece have have not had the chance to play it yet I'm sure it'll happen when you do your 24-hour George Crumb Festival. Right? That would be a really hard festival. That would be. <laughs> Just play very slowly. Right? I don't think this piece works slow. <laughs> so up next is Emily, and, and this was your choice, Emily. You chose... Uh... Mm -hmm. Oh, it is creepy. Yeah. You recognize this? That is very good. You want to tell us what it is, Emily? It's the very end of the first movement of Shostakovich's Fifth Symphony. Yeah, why'd you choose that? Uh, you know, it kind of sounds like what we were talking about with the innocent yeah. uh, line uh, against the, you know, creepy, the, the creepy, spooky. ominous sound. I especially. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I said be prepared like for anything. Right. I just jumped a little bit. Yeah, I got you. I think we put that excerpt as a con as a solo excerpt when we were auditioning for the associate concertmaster position. So I'm sure there's many violinists who have that has a scary memory for an entirely different. <laughs> <reason. Right. laughs> yeah, you're talking about the Shostakovich, not the cat scream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. six of one. <laughs> Sometimes violins sound the same. Um, okay. But there, there is something about that whole symphony, even in a slow movement. There are points when. It's not, I mean, it feels endearing and searing, but it also feels off. There's yeah, you, really can, you can read edgy. so many moments yeah. two different ways yeah. in mm -hmm. that one. Yeah. Uh, up next call. is Merwin. Mm -hmm. and, and Merwin, you said like the last part of uh, Zalme. Yes. Richard Strauss. Mm -hmm. I've got just a little bit of it Ooh. here. Good choice. <laughs> and this is around the, the point where Herod um, gives in yeah. to Zalme. And he's like, yeah. okay, let her have what she wants. But... Oh no! This is the this is the very end. I yeah. think. Yeah, she's kissing the. You can just hear in the chords the horror and perversity that Strauss is creating. 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Richard. You're gonna Richard Strauss. You can also tell that he hates tenors. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, we Harry saying, you know, kill that woman. Uh, that he says at the end, based on the Oscar Wilde play. I don't know that I got to any of the music that you were really thinking of, Merwin, but there, there's just some just wild craziness that, that's going on there. With the pun intended? Yeah. <laughs> W-I-L-D-E. You know, I think that's a good... <laughs> you know, Go ahead, the, this ending of Strauss is another good example of, of composers taking something familiar and, and perverting it in some way. So the underlying the underlying harmonic progression of what Strauss is doing there is, is pretty familiar. And there's this beautiful lyric love theme being presented, but then this just sickening yeah. dissonance yeah. twists it right at this climactic moment. It's like he goes from death and transfiguration into madness. Yeah. yeah. I think the, I mean, I chose this one. The other two were also operatic that were in my, my head. One was the Malo song from Turn of the Screw, mm-hmm. and the other was just the little kid singing hop hop at the end oh, of Hot Sack. Oh, I had that too. And those that, are, was also, that was one of Elaine's. Said, hey, your mother's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except Elaine, you know, uh, Elaine sent me an email with his choices and one of them was Wozzeck of, of Berg. Except I think your autocorrect uh, changed Berg's name to Beef. Are you was, serious? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was thinking, Beef, is that some French Canadian composer I don't know? And no, because yeah. I know there's another Wozzeck by Manfred Gourlet, I think. No, no, I was back. And, and I know that because I've actually sung that one. I haven't sung the Berg, but I'm thinking beef. Where, where's the beef? Right? <laughs> it's what's for dinner. Couldn't it find it. So I wasted Look half an hour on that looking, <laughs> yeah. for, looking for the beef, just so you know. I want to I keep moving here. Elaine, speaking of uh, your mm-hmm. choices, you had a couple of different choices there. You had some that I'd n- never heard of before. Oh. There was one, the Laurel, what, what are the oral? Oh, Trezion, yeah, the Oral, yeah, oral treason, treason by yeah. Maurizio Kagel. Yeah. yeah, which I looked at a video of that, and, and that was just uh, blew my mind. They're very, very scary. They're all medieval uh, stories about the devil and uh, the south of France, uh, and uh, they, he's put them to <laughs> the, music. The, I was going to say, are those two related somehow, the south of France? <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're me- medieval legends. Uh, <laughs> oh, you recognize that? Ooh. Yeah, we can talk. My now. sister's it's here. Okay. <laughs> well, oh. We're gonna have to cut that part out. <laughs> Either that, or or I'll send her an email. Make sure she knows to listen. Listen in. Uh, so, Elaine, you you presented some other things, and yeah. I do have a little excerpt here from one of the operas that you mentioned. This is Peter Pierce in Rape of Lucretia.
mean, Peter Pear's singing makes it even a little yeah. more scarier and creepier. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, he's got that kind of white sound in yeah. his voice. But he's the character of the male chorus describing Tarquinius uh, making his way on his horse to go uh, to Lucretia's bedchamber, basically. And, and, and Tarquinius having to overcome the elements to get there. Yeah. And it's just, uh, just the, the, the music and the yeah. way that Britain portrays water where he has to cross the water but then the muddiness of the water and the swirls you can really feel that and sense all that and it has this mm-hmm. extremely ugh, icky creepy yeah. quality to it you cannot almost take the entire opera because you know it's around rome they're waiting to to invade or they're waiting to protect depending on the side and uh, it's a very good choice that you made there of excerpt because also the male chorus He's just a witness or he's just telling the story. But mm-hmm. at the same time, as you see them, you see, well, you're just there and it's, mm-hmm. there's nothing to be done. And it's, it's very, very, very scary. Well, and Ryan was talking about the music t- sometimes putting us in the, in the place of the observer, bringing us into the movie, mm-hmm. as it were. In this case, like the male chorus and the female chorus, they're bringing the audience into the role of observer as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Right. Speaking for us. So it's a, it's a really, effective i think and scary use of music there i have one more which was my choice and i i chose a piece by ingram marshall called bright kingdoms do you know this this piece no No, i don't he uses a lot of um tape that he has collected over the years and he has some tape of some bells that he did in venice at one point and he also has a tape of his son singing this hymn uh, da, 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 you know that hymn, right? And, and he's taken the, the, the tape of his son singing that and kind of, you know, played with it. And then he has strings coming in and it's just really creepy music. Although the way that he's described it, it, it has a real sense of innocence to it, right? So once again, we have that, we have that sense of, Corrupted innocence. Mm-hmm. It's like a nightingale that's lost. Yeah. But you hear that drone on the bottom. There's a kind of a bram also. Good one. Uh, just an, yeah. an, an excerpt there. That's actually the Bowling Green Philharmonia, uh, hmm. Ryan, down there where you are. Excellent. In their most recent uh, recording. So there are choices uh, for our scary. Obviously, the string movie. section is the most creepy of the orchestra. <laughs> where would we be without violin? You would have to replace us with theremins. Yeah, they, they, they go right in. You don't hear <laughs> that many though. creepy horns, though, do you? Not all by themselves. I think strings can be creepy all by themselves. But yeah. uh, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny though. I'm listening to that uh, that selection that Brad just presented. The amount of percussion, though, that is required to be creepy, too. There's there's something about that, too. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, percussion has a lot of creepy sounds, as we know. And and it doesn't always mean to sound creepy, but it, it can. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we're going to run out of time here. We may have to put some of this stuff uh, on the website as an extra part of the podcast. But I do have a, a quiz for you guys, a Halloween quiz, right? And since we haven't done it yet and you're here, Elaine, I'm going to bring in your walk-up music. <laughs> Somehow it sounds creepier now. Yeah. <laughs> and well, this, know, this might be a good time for me to bow out, actually. I've got oh, to, yeah, you've I've got, got to go teach. teach. Yeah. Yep. 
Well, we appreciate uh, Ryan Ebright, you're calling in, participating with Symphony Lab, and uh, are you doing any more of these presentations for Halloween? Or you know, I think uh, I think I'm done for this year, but yeah? we'll see. Okay. We'll see what next year brings. Well, next year, yeah. yeah. Well, thank right. you again for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. Bye, thank Ryan. You. Bye, bye. Okay, so this is the music. Uh, whoops. <laughs> oh, here, let me press it. There we go. This is the music, uh, Elaine, that we voted on for you, for yeah. your walk-up music. So we're going to use it for quiz music right now. Okay, very good. Okay. So th- this is a Halloween quiz. I'm going to start with a little warm-up. Uh, congratulations, by the way, to Merwin for winning the Spelling Bee with the uh, Toledo Symphony not too long ago. The Team Blade win. Spelling Team bee. win. Yay. Yeah, you guys have won it like a billion times, right? We have a real rivalry going with root learning, um, I think. Yeah. It's it's like Did the they know that? Oh yeah, they we're we're <laughs> okay. totally aware of this. <laughs> it's kinda of like blue versus green you've got going on there. Yeah. Jets sharks, no. yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> right. Okay, uh so I just I'm gonna start with a little warm up and this goes to you, Merwin. We're gonna test your spelling skills. Ooh. Can you spell the word salonophobia? <laughs> salonophobia. Can you give me a fear of salons? Well, an irrational fear of Halloween is called salonophobia. I have no idea. Okay, well, I'm well, not going to... If you don't know how to spell it, I'm not telling you. Okay. Sounds good. Well, I'll look it up. <laughs> That's just no, me. it's actually spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N-O-P-H-O-B-I-A. Oh. Like, if you wow. read it... Just like in French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, south, the south of France. Exactly. Just like the south of France. Okay, here we go. Which of these is Halloween not also known as? Is it All Halloween, All Hallowtide, All Hallows Eve, or All Saints Eve? Hey. Which one of those does not apply I choose A. to Halloween night? All Halloween? Yeah, I say that's mm, it. Second one? Second one. All Hallowtide. You win. Ah. Good. Good for you, Emily. That's uh, All Hallow Tide refers to three days. It refers to All Saints' Eve, All Saints' Day, and All Souls' Day. Mm. So that's the three days of festivities there. What is the night before Halloween called? The night before Halloween. Is it Cabbage Night, Mischief Night, Devil's Eye, or Goosey Night? Could be a trick question. I didn't I know that. Devil's Night. I say it's all the above. What? Devil's, what did you say? De- it, yeah. It's all of the above. Uh-oh. Depending on where you are, cabbage night. My yeah. my kids would find that terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah cabbage. <laughs> you gonna I, dress up as a cabbage again? <laughs> I didn't hear Costco run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. that's definitely the night before Halloween. Sometimes that's the morning of Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Okay, what year were the famous Salem witch trials held? Was it fourteen ninety two? Was it sixteen forty three? Was it sixteen ninety three? Or 1776, what year were the Salem I'll go C. Witch I'll trials? go C. 1693. Just C. To get 1693. It is ah. 1693. You got it, definitely. Yay. More than 200 <laughs> people were accused. 19 were found guilty and executed by hanging. Uh, yeah. Now I feel more time. guilty about my yay. <laughs> Yeah, right. Careful <laughs> Okay, number four. Jack-o'-lanterns were originally made out of this vegetable. Potato, turnip, squash, or eggplant. Which one was it? Squash? I'm going to say a turnip. Eggplant? No, a turnip not a turnip. not the right size. <laughs> no. Squash or an It's eggplant. an eggplant. 
But they use the, the. You can't carve an eggplant. How sure. It's delicious. But don't think of it like a pumpkin. <laughs> All they did is they carved out the center of it in the back, and then they put an ember from the, oh. the fire. Well, then we have a potato. Actually, it was a turnip. Of course. They used turnips. Okay. Wow. This, is, this is why I was so terrible at standardized testing. <laughs> okay. Where does the name Jack-O-Lantern come from? Does it come from Jack the Ripper? Does it come from Spring-Heeled Jack, Stingy Jack, or Jack-A-Dandy? Which one of those inspired the name for Jack the Ripper? Or Elaine is like, none of these questions You mean for Jack-O-Lantern? Yeah, for Jack. You just said Jack the Ripper. (laughs) Jack O'Lantern. Maybe I was trying to confuse you. Maybe I I confused myself. It's scary because it's the second quiz that we've had. I know. I feel feel very confused already. It's actually Stingy Jack. Stingy Jack. Stingy Jack was a, a drunkard and... Evidently the uh, and <laughs> evidently the devil came and wanted to take him away when he was uh, dying and and he made a deal with the devil and somehow he cheated his way out of having to go to hell and he did that a couple of times but by showing up perpetually as a carved pumpkin something like, like what's that what's the deal turnip. Yeah. It's a, it, it was turnip, a turnip yeah. at the time no no there <laughs> is, there's a re- there's a reason behind it so what happened was is stingy jack he made the devil so angry that the devil wouldn't let him in hell so when he died, he went. He tried to go to heaven, and they were like, well, no, you can't come in here because of the life you led. He couldn't get into heaven. He couldn't get into hell. So he was condemned to wander the earth with his little jack-o'-lantern la- oh. lantern, right? <laughs> Brad, do you just know this stuff? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just, I just imagine you driving into the studio someday and saying, oh, I know what I can ask. Here's a good one. In the movie Halloween, the original one, 1978, the mask that Michael Myers wore was actually a likeness of which actor? Donald Pleasance, Robert Redford, William Shatner, or Vincent Price? Which provided Vincent Price. the mask? Vincent Price? Mm. Mm. No. Well, I'm going to go William Shatner. <laughs> You're right, William Shatner. See, Canadian. <laughs> Very good answer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically, it was actually Captain Kirk because ah. they found an old, a Captain Kirk mask that they they paid a dollar ninety six for, and they wow. spray painted it white, and that's the mask that they used. What do you think of that, Emily? Have you ever seen that movie? No, I will never <laughs> watch that movie. Halloween, but it has William Shatner. In it. <laughs> it does. It's one of Canada's greatest actors. I if he got well, I couldn't even say that with a straight face. Residuals for that. No, you have to say one of Canada's greatest actors, like that, right? Alain already had it. You know, beat me to that punch. So. Okay. It's that taught in Canadian primary school. Was <laughs> exactly. The Shatner impersonation. <laughs> well, I went to McGill, and the Shatner building was the student union building at the time. I'm not sure if it still is. Is there really a Shatner building there? Yeah, there is. At McGill? Yes. Did he pay for it, or you just call it that? No, no, it, it is. I have no idea if he paid for it, but it could be honoring his great legacy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm sure he'll call really in and advise us on that detail. Yeah, we'll hear about it. <laughs> I could tweet at him, you know, he he answers tweets these days, especially if you make him mad. Okay, which of these was not a Hammer horror film sequel to their 1958 Dracula starring Christopher Lee? The Brides of Dracula, Dracula Prince of Darkness, Dracula's Daughter, or Dracula Has Risen from the Grave? Which of those was not? Say again? B. B? No. No, no. (laughs) No. It's A or C, but I can't. Well, choose one. You're, yeah, I know, you're, you're I right. Know, I know, I know. Uh, 
Um, Here, I'll choose A, so the answer will be C. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, the answer is C. Yes. That's right. Dracula's <laughs> daughter. Dracula's daughter. That was actually a Universal film like that was made it. in the 30s. Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, All the others were made in the 60s. Okay. Well, here's an easy one. You were going to say something? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which ingredient is rarely found in pumpkin spice? Is it cinnamon, clove, nutmeg, ginger, or pumpkin? Pumpkin. Pumpkin. That's right. I got one right. That was too easy. Hey. I don't get a soundboard effect for that. <laughs> <laughs> Pumpkin is rarely. I told you to leave my sister out of this. <laughs> no. That's two edits I have to make, right? At least you didn't get the sound trombone. Oh! No! <laughs> Good timing. I knew where you were going with that. And 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 this is not just. I'll let you know you vex me so. This is this is the really the yeah. really sad trombone. I yeah. dropped it an octave, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like fifteenth mm. position. <laughs> <laughs> you need a boomerang. <laughs> you just throw it out there and it comes back on the slide. All the people that don't know about the trombone are like, what are they talking about? <laughs> Here we go. They're that was a great off. impression. Because okay. <laughs> they're all kind of German, apparently. <laughs> I'm sure your sister got it. Okay. Right. Only two more of these to go. This is going on the internet. This is not going on the air. We're putting this on the on the extended version. Halloween version. Okay. Okay. Uh, what was the original purpose of apple popping? <laughs> I don't even want to hear your answers. I'm just going to tell you what it is. Okay. <laughs> what was the original purpose of apple bobbing? Was it to tell if someone is a witch? Was it to learn about a future lover? Was it to see how you will die? Or was it to communicate with the dead? I'm going to go with A. I think A sounds A, very A, to I'm tell if someone is a witch? No, oh. that's not right. Oh, we have B. seen the apples are witches. B? Who said B? I did. To learn about your future lover. I, I forget exactly how it works, but I think you get the apple and you go look in the mirror. His last name is going to be Macintosh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Adam Macintosh. <laughs> yes. Nice, a good Canadian name. Okay, here's the final one. According to an old folk tradition, if you want to see a witch on Halloween at midnight, what should you do? Wear your clothes inside out and walk backwards. <laughs> We've all had nights like that. Um, <laughs> cover your eyes with mud and hoot like an owl three times. We've all had nights, nights like, like that. that. Yeah, I was going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dig an open grave and lie in it face down. Eh, mm. Haven't gotten that far yet. Hide in a pumpkin patch and wait for one to show up. Okay. Which one of those uh, do you have to do if you want to see a witch at midnight on Halloween? Well, my sister does like pumpkin patches, so I'm going to go for D. No, that's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. <laughs> it's not the... Okay, any other guesses? You're on a roll here, Emily. Uh, how about the cover your eyes with mud and... What was that one? Hoot like an owl and three times. Like <laughs> I feel like that's an expression. I just want to cover my eyes with mud and hoot that. like an owl. <laughs> <laughs> well, I covered my eyes with money. That's exactly it. Who's like it out? Oh, no. Wow. That well, let's see who else we can offend. <laughs> <laughs> who are we offending now? Owls, okay. probably. So it's not, the, the, it's not owl hooting. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, dig me an open grave and I'll lie down. <laughs> um, so that just then, seems uh, like, hey, guys, I'm going to go do this thing. I'm going to go lay down in an open grave. <laughs> Don't you come near. No promise. Yeah, with so my it must have been down, the first so one. I can't see That's right. Was it the first one? It was the first one. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say Emily wins because oh, I she, think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. it's been, it's been great. I hope you enjoyed your first and last appearance. On <laughs> Look, just because you lost the quiz again doesn't mean she can't come back on the show. <laughs> So you have to wear your clothes inside out and walk uh, backwards, which is really weird, but yeah. I'm pretty sure my daughter did that yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Which one? Uh, well, my older. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. She's yeah, all about walking backwards walk these days. Yet. It's a little terrifying on stairs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you see them do like the crab walk, you know. Yeah, and, then I really have a problem. Around. <laughs> <laughs> that crab walk is one of the scariest moments. Ooh. Yeah. Right. Ever. Um, okay. Any scary ghost stories? You guys want to tell a ghost story? Does anybody have one? I have one. Do we have time? Well, we'll see. I mean, we can put this in the, you know, put this in the extended we're, we're, version. Yeah, this this appears to be a double feature. A double feature. <laughs> <laughs> now, now we're recording for next Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so turn down the lights. Oh, we should have done that. Lean in closer. <laughs> Come on. Hang on, I'll go turn down the lights. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he's actually turning down the lights. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. Okay, so so my story, this is true. Um, just enough creepy to be similar to real life, but not quite right. So my wife and I are having dinner. We're at Rockwell's down at the Oliver House, a famously haunted building. I've never seen a ghost there. A lot of people have. So... I, uh, in the middle of a really fun night with a bunch of friends, I uh, excuse myself and I go to the men's room, tiny little room, and uh, I'm in this small little room and the lights go up. And it's one of these rooms that has, you know, the, the motion activated light fixtures. And I move my arms around, nothing happens. So I'm starting to feel across the wall to get to the entrance. And every time I touch the wall, the lights kind of glow up a little bit and then they go down so i touch the wall lights go up a little bit and it's just like a little flicker almost like they're like a five watt bulb Mm -hmm. every time i touch the wall just a little bit i let go and it goes dark this is really freaking me out and i get to the light switch and i'm just about to hit it and the thing lights up bright and then goes dark Mm. completely black again and i reach for the door because now i've seen it and as soon as my hand touches the handle, it pulls in. The lights go on completely. And I let go, and the door swings shut. And as soon as the door closes, the lights go out entirely. And all I want to do now is get the hell out of that room. <laughs> wow. And, of course, I touch the handle again. Lights You're come back on. Emily. And I open the door, and I go right through it. And I look behind me as, as the door is closing. The lights are out again, and the door closes behind me. And I get back to the table, and I tell them what just happened. And they didn't believe me. They said, oh, it's a motion-activated light. It didn't, you know, something weird was going on. And I I know in my heart of hearts that something was not right in that room at that time. And I still get little shivers whenever I'm back in that area. Yeah. What was this? Where was this again? Uh, At the Oliver House uh, downtown. 
which is itself. <laughs> yeah, that guy was there too. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it was a hotel. It was right next to the train station in, in Old Toledo. And during, I think, the Spanish-American War, it briefly served as a uh, as an army hospital. So there are some some angry ghosts yeah. who apparently haunt that building. That's good story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you definitely uh, had a captive audience here. Anybody else got a story they want to tell? Any scary stories? What do you say, Merwin? I'm not sure. I think you need to re-edit it so I don't have to follow that. <laughs> but it, this this one does have the benefit of of involving a building that all of us know pretty well, which is the professional building. That um, so after that's where the offices are. This right? is where the Toledo Symphony offices are, and so this was after a presidential election a few years ago and I was deeply depressed about the result and I had decided to go to see um, I think it was the grudge actually I went to see the grudge to forget about it for a couple of hours and then so the next day I was going to teach a student and they were just warming up in the second floor and I walked into the to the um, room and she jumped just a little bit and I was like Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. And she's like, "Oh no!" You, you... By the way, have you seen The Grudge? And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just went and saw that yesterday." And she said, "Do you know the elevator in this building is the exact same elevator as the elevator in The Grudge?" And I thought about it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's it. That it is kind of true. This entire building really does remind me of that of that building." And then, so that particular building happens to have a relatively um, older heating and cooling system. And so it makes all of these knocks and noises. And so I waited because I knew that at one point the heating system was going to make some sort of like gurgling sound. And then when it did, I turned to the door and screamed, Oh my gosh, it's a long haired Japanese woman. And she <laughs> flipped out. <laughs> She jumped like two or three feet in the air, screamed. I mean, never to get in an elevator with you. I, <laughs> I'm not pretty bad. Forget that. Send him a student. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if they actually did that in the film instead of like, you know, screaming? They were like, oh my God, it's a long haired Japanese woman. <laughs> Oh my God! It's a it's a strange man with bolts sticking out of his neck. <laughs> no, that's just Earl. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's funny. He lives in the Oliver House. <laughs> any other uh, any other scary stories? Well, you guys, uh, you were talking about Black Angel earlier, mm-hmm. and that reminded me of something that happened uh, when I was in high school. I grew up on the Mississippi River, and and there was a big hill there called Riverside, and um, there was a cemetery, Riverside Cemetery, right? So the cemetery actually went uh, down the hill a little bit, and then there's a road, and then you can go out to the area where the river is. So in this cemetery, there was a big monument called the Black Angel, and it was literally an angel. I don't know if it was made out of copper or something, but it had basically turned black. It was very dark colored and kind of scary looking, especially at night. So kids being kids, you know, we thought it was fun to go out and hang out by the Black Angel and run around the cemetery at, at midnight and that sort of thing. Um, I mean, I don't know if that's a normal thing for kids to do, but that's what, <laughs> what we did uh, back in the day where I this grew up. This explains a lot. Yeah. 
And uh, so we went out there to the Black Angel, and we were standing around. There were three of us standing around looking at the Black Angel. It should be said that the cemetery is all fenced in except for one area at the top of the hill where you can go in. And on the other end, um, instead of a fence on one side, it just gives way into a forest. And I guess it's just land that is undeveloped and has, you know, probably belongs to the cemetery. But we were standing there, and one of the guys whispers, uh, do you see that? And it's very quiet. And, and I said, see what? And he said, look at the woods. And we looked over there, and we can make out the figure of somebody standing there watching us. I mean, it was maybe a quarter moon, so there was a little bit of light. And you could see somebody standing there, a figure. <laughs> and, of course, we were all frozen with fear watching this thing. And it starts to walk toward us. Mm. Right, So it steps out of the shadows and steps out of the woods, the wooded area, and it was somebody wearing a robe, right, with a hood. What? Yeah, very scary looking. <sighs> Just walking toward us, not not like saying or motioning or even running. Just walking toward us at a leisurely pace. And I had all these thoughts going through my head, like this is one of my friends playing a prank on us. But the other two guys that I was with, they were scared to death as well. And we started to walk backwards. We didn't want to turn around and not face the guy or the creature or whatever it was. Um, so we started walking backwards. And as soon as we started moving, it started running towards us. Oh. <laughs> and... Still, part of me is thinking that this is a hoax, you know, that somebody's playing a trick on us. But we split up, took off running in, in three different directions. One of the guys runs back towards where the car goes. The other guy runs straight back. And I run down the hill, which is like the longest way to go. <laughs> so I'm running down the hill. I was 17 at the time. Getting down to the hill. And I'm thinking... You know, did he follow me? Did he follow one of the other guys? Because I can't really hear what's going on because everybody was yelling and screaming. I turned around at one point and he was standing at the top of the hill looking at me. So I turned around and started to run again. And I glanced back and he was running after me. And I got down to the bottom of the hill and I hit the fence. So I'm, I started running alongside the fence thinking maybe there's a way to get out. And I look, and he's cutting across the hill, so he's going to intercept me. So I figured, this is it. I just got to climb the fence. I pulled myself up, and I'm trying to climb over the fence, and I got stuck at the top because it was like a chain-link fence, you know. The guy reaches up and grabs my leg, and he starts pulling on my leg. No. Like I'm pulling yours right now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo, sir. Bravo. Well done. Well done. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he grabbed, grabbed your leg and said, you really should think about Geico car insurance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I told my kids that story. They were like, is that it? <laughs> well, you didn't have the soundboard. That's right. The soundboard yeah, was very soundboard exactly. Yeah, that heart. If I had the soundboard, that would have made a big difference. Did you make a, a segment of everybody's favorite horror movies or something like that? Everybody's favorite horror movies? Yeah. Well, no, we didn't talk about that. I mean, we could go on forever. Yeah, with, of course. With Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but we probably have to wrap it up because oh, yeah, it's not it's an hour. <laughs> yeah. People listening to it, we, you know, the special edition. We've gone on for an hour now. <laughs> we could have kept going. Will they ever end? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org slash lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And remember, you can check out all the upcoming events at the Symphony by visiting their website at toledosymphony.com and their various social media outlets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. My thanks to Elaine Trudell, Zach Vasser, Merwin Sue, Emily Price-Dietz, and Ryan Ebright, who joined us earlier. I'm Brad Cresswell, and this has been Toledo Symphony Lab on FM 91.